Hey, uh, well, first of all, I like to say, and I ASP gonna find me, I want to be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their his testicles so far out their mouths that this is bullshit. You know. I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in, and just smack the quarterback, drop down, say bah. Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle with some humongous waves. Oh, that's the paper plate? Oh, surf looks good, Ivan. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! <laughs> Get a haircut. Yes, shredheads, waxheads, kooks and barnies. Welcome to Ain't That Swell, up late. The special swellian edition where we answer all your questions and pay mad respect to the core lords, kingpins, degenerates, cone fiends, Sid freaks, meditators, masturbators, masticators, and all other versions of <laughs> Swellian spirit animals. The Swellian spirit animals. It's ATS Talkback just for you guys. We're going to uh, spend a whole episode diving deep into the Swellian uh, subculture, finding out a little bit about you guys and answering uh, all sorts of questions that came in on the back of a, a pretty classic post of, of two probably OG Swellian kings, mm. Shane Herring and uh, Jeremy Biles outside the old Bilesy surf shop on the uh, outskirts of Belongil there, Byron Bay. Uh, Bilesy had an epic store. He actually... Uh, this is the former Rookie of the Year, Jeremy ASP, Biles. 1991 Rookie of the Year, that's correct. Yeah, Jeremy he took Biles. over the old Sky Surfboard shop that had been an institution up there forever and ever, Smivy. And uh, he used to sit out the front there. I remember uh, getting on a bus going out to Splendour once. And uh, this is when it was just at the uh, Belongil Fields. Mm. So a short walk out of Byron. You'd go past Bilesy Surf Shop. Oh, at, wow. I don't know, 10.30, 11 in the morning. I mean, I, I'm picturing here just, you know, you youth know, gurning off their dials. Yeah, gurning off their dials. That was nothing compared to the scene that feathers. struck him outside of Bilesy Surf Shop. That it, was a trip in well, itself. He, he'd be out there in a deck chair with uh, a, a long neck screaming out at all these, you know, 20-year-olds with belly button rings, come and buy some board shorts or I'll fucking kill you. Mm, and yeah. it was uh, quite the marketing campaign, really. Mm, genius. Yeah. Uh, guerrilla marketing, I think they call that, born in the industry. He did well. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bilesy and uh, Herring, uh, both doing well i've heard so uh we're going to try and get him on a, a future potty smitty yeah, and i reckon that'll mad. be pretty bad definitely part of our cultural lineage no doubt about it a uh, couple of dons of degeneracy born like our kind selves mm. but uh yeah i guess let's get straight into it let's spare no time because our camera battery is running low it is uh shall i kick it off for him? go for it mate you're listening to ats top back We've got one here from Bazooka Breeze in uh, Wellington, New Zealand. And we'll just have a quick peruse. Bazooka Breeze, is it? Bazooka Breeze is set up. Hmm. Uh, some kind of uh, I Am Hope, New Zealander of the Year, Kiwi Bank. I don't know what that means. Hmm. It's some kind of New Zealand-centric. I uh, hope it's not... Virtue signaling, uh, you know, deep state fascists. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't really know. Uh, he's catching some tiny, dismal little fish. Looks like a yellowtail on a lure. Uh, so not much of an angler. Mm. Although he knows how to dress the part in full-blown 
car keys. Oh yeah, Dayglow car keys yeah. are kind of a psychedelic warrior. It's a bit by look, the isn't of it? The, uh, the the sort of pro fishing BCF, um, you know, full blown kit out. Mm. You get your kayak. You get your sort of. Uh, it's like a rashy with a giant tuna printed on it or something. Mm. So it's an odd look, but uh, mm. I don't know. Otis Carey's been rocking it lately. Okay. Yeah, right. Mm. And he doesn't mind a, a meditate amongst the seagrass. Oh, lovely. Well played. Is that asparagopsis? I uh, hope so. Could be. Could mm. be. Helping His to question meat, is, uh, how do we get fuckboy loggers to start wearing leggies, steal their sticks when they wash in? Is it a problem or am I the fuck? <laughs> I feel like that's almost. Uh, I feel like I've read that in uh, Sun Tzu or uh, maybe the the Tibetan Book of the Dead. It's it's nice of him to turn it back on himself, just mm. to have that awareness that it might not be the log fucks who are wrecking mm. stuff. It might just be his sort of antiquated point of view and not accepting this this new age of logging. But um, mate, this was a big problem at the past a few years ago. I don't know if you remember. But we we talked about this years yeah, ago. Yeah, some in, poor Grom had his skull crushed. That's right. Lucky that's boy right. Smithy had his skull crushed. Uh, well, errant longboards are a proper fucking menace. They're out of control. Uh, especially at a wave. Uh, I'm not sure where Bazooka's from, but, you know, if he's on like a, a long sort of uh, crumbly or, or, you know, a pushy little point that, that, you know, has a lot of beginners or a lot of people coming through the lineup, those, those boards can fucking be lethal, man. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think I think it is time for, for the logs to just get the uh, coot cords going. Mm. What about you? I, I just don't see why you would uh, risk injuring someone else just for the sake of looking cool. Yeah, I mean, my theory with it has always been uh, if you're going to put my health at risk, I'm going to put your fucking health at risk. <laughs> that sums it up. That sums it up beautifully. Uh, I've got one here from Scrut. Uh, private account, Smivy, we know <laughs> Uh, we, we know what's going on. Oh, me. I know what secrets uh, Scruddy's keeping. Yeah. I have said in the past, keep keeping those secrets, Scruddy. Yeah, Scruddy, you filthy animal. Anyway, uh, Scrut, uh, he does have, as his little profile icon, a pretty fucking half-decent left-hand cone. Yeah, he there. packs Lamondo cone in the uh, on that deep southern coastline of Australia. Oh, you know Scrut? Uh, I think we've passed cars, uh, crossed paths, so to speak. Yep. Okay. Well, he's got a good question here. He says, which current or ex-pro surfer would smoke a three-papery of DMT? Ah, that is a pressing issue that goes right to the <laughs> right core to the... of this mm, program and, pro, and the pro-surfing elite, really. Uh, current and ex. I think Kelly Slater's got to be up for some licking of the toad or smoking yeah. of the toad, doesn't he? I believe he uh, you know, got in the, the white linen, clad himself in the white linen and juju beads, attached a fake man bun to the top of his head and <laughs> went deep into the Costa Rican jungle to uh, smoke three papers of DMT. And, uh, is that, allegedly, is that, allegedly. Is that video still around, the one of him sort of advocating the the, the journey that he went on, the spiritual sort of – because I'd I'm imagine pretty sure someone is, yeah. like of, of Kelly's, um, you know, hyper – Intelligence, someone who who is constantly uh, sort of you know really getting stuck into the detail of life uh, in the way that he does. That sort of uh, spiritual doorway, just sort of being blown off its hinges, would be a fucking pretty amazing thing to experience. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, do I you mean, think he'd go? I mean, I mean, that's obviously a guided journey with a, a shaman who who really knows how to sort of steer you through anything mm. that you, you may or may that, – that, what's the place called where he, he did that? Uh, 
was it uh totally resurrected six? Oh no, that was the uh, Psytrance festival I went to. <laughs> the, the jungle in Cambodia. I, I'm getting them confused now. I'm not sure. Sorry, it was in Costa Rica or something like that. Though, yeah, right? yeah. And I mean, the shaman's role in this—it's somewhat overplayed. You also can't forget the role of the guy who's wiping up the shit and vomit. From oh yeah, the, that's uh, right. The various participants. Yeah. The white linen's an interesting choice for it these is, ceremonies. Isn't it? There's nowhere to hide in white linen. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, look, I, I, which do you think, though, uh, after sort of experiencing that, that Kelly could smoke a three-papery? Do you think he could lick the toad or roll up the toad and, and give it a good old give? Could the wizard smoke a wizard sleeve? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I tell you, it's interesting. I actually um, – I, I, I have smoked a three-papery of DMT. Uh, How'd you go? Provided to me by the, my, uh, my shaman, the uh, concreter from – Northcote, Melbourne there. Oh, yeah. Like, Shout yeah. out to Richie Romance and Matt. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I got to say, I got through about three puffs of it. Mm. And uh, this was like right in the thick of my Wim Hof phase. And I just, like d- like really remember Richie kind of coaching me from the the fringes as I was, you know, kind of poleaxing. He's going, breathe it in. <laughs> breathe it in. And I was just, <gasps> just huffing it. And uh Fuck yeah! Couldn't even finish like the tip of it. It mm. just keeled me over, and uh, there it was. One of the most intense experiences of my life. Uh, the imprint of which remains with me today in a positive way. Like mm. it was such a, a, a deep and really, uh, you just couldn't argue against the information I was given. And the information was essentially, uh, I'll break it down for you. So, smoke the DMT. Uh, this. Fucking like huge red and black Buddha just started like appearing over me and it had all this feminine energy in it. And at the time I was breaking up with my girlfriend and mm. the, the Buddha was uh, red and black, which is the colors of the anarchist flag, uh, which is uh, black stands for fascist slash control freak. Red stands for, uh, you know, communist victim. And everyone has these two things inside of them. Mm. And basically the Buddha was just telling me like, don't be a victim in this situation or I'm going to fuck you up. Yeah, right. Wow. Piece of shit. And, uh, you know, so in the context of what I was going through, it made perfect sense. It was Mm. like, you know, don't fuck this chick over. Don't, don't strain to that victim mentality. Just stick in the middle, be really kind and nice. Or this Buddha on the flip side of it is going to fucking devour me. Wow. That, that feminine energy Woo. is just going to come back at me <laughs> and destroy me. And I remember just being in this kind of uh, absolute panic and fear and just being like, no, no, I'll, I'll be nice. I'll be nice. And uh, the other big imprint that it left on my mm. psyche was love every minute. That yeah, was right. the, uh, the two messages I took away from that experience, and they're still with me today. Mm. Love every minute. It's actually become kind of part of my, uh, what do you call it? Like a, it's a meditation mantra almost. Like yeah, something right. I repeat to myself over and over again. It's intense, yeah. I mean, uh, I've never really dived into it, but uh, I'm, I'm sort of building up to it. I, I don't want to just jump in and uh, not be ready for it, if you know what I mean. Oh, there's no such thing as being ready for it. Yeah, anymore, I don't think so. just a cosmic fucking spear tackle. <laughs> Darts! <laughs> Human lawn dart straight into the mycelium. Get your head down amongst the plant the internet. Dart. Oh, mate, just straight. Uh, any ex pros who you think might have dabbled? Uh, Surely the uh, the lettuce, the original lettuce. Oh, Shane Haran during his uh, Goonangiri phase. Do you think, think so? so? You think yeah, so? You think so? I mean, uh, our most recent guest, uh, Pagey, Sir Robert Page. Mm, yes, uh, the first knighted Swellian. That's right. Yeah. Uh, 
You'd think he spirit guru. Mm, you'd think he would have dabbled. Mm. A three paper is pretty extreme. I mean, that's if you could, cool. anyone who could finish a three paper of DMT, <laughs> oh, that's some serious hell. constitution. Wow. Uh, good on you, Scrut. Great question. Thanks very much uh, for bringing it. Four likes on that one, Smithy. So uh, some some like minded crew out there wanting to get the inside word on that one. Who else you got? I've got an absolute thumper here from Soupy, a Melbourneian. Uh, shout out to the Melburnians who are just emerging from weeks and weeks of hard lockdown. Mm. Uh, and Soupy likes striking poses on lawns. Oh, he's got some swagger. Doesn't he? What? Look at this guy. Vodka Cruiser inspired. Any surf there. form there, Smithy? Uh, oh. Doesn't seem to be a whole lot. Oh, he's popping an invert in his garage uh, <laughs> off a lawnmower and a pair of speed dealers. I mean, that's all I need to know. This yeah. guy is a cool lord. The Boogs, mate. The Boogs are back. Oh, and he's also poached a little Dave Nielsen classic redback haircut there. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that is amazing. I think that's... <laughs> That's from uh, one of Stedman's, Luke Stedman's future comps down at uh, Avalon. South Avalon, he used to have these sort of expression sessions. He, he was getting sort of, what, into the uh, sort of, what, what's that called when you're an entrepreneurial sort of event runner? I don't know. Uh, he's a, uh, what is a, a kind of a, a Barry Manstead? Is yeah. That, is that what we're looking <laughs> for? A... Slightly, uh, yeah. Anyway, he wanted to uh, try his hand at a few other things while he was on the pro surfer mission. But Dave Nielsen rocks up with this. Full-blown redback haircut. Got to be up there with one of the great. That is one of the all-time great hairdos in the history of humanity. A red bullet. A redback skullet. It's, oh, it's right there. It's right there. That is pure speed freak 90s core degenerate yeah. era. Soupy is, has just gone up a few notches in my book, mate. He's a fucking gets. champion. What's his question? His question is, it's been 18 years since the release of Kelly Slater Pro Surfer on PlayStation. Do you have any insight on a possible KSPS, uh, that's Kelly Slater Pro Surfing 2.0? Tony Hawk has like nine of the bastards. Surely there's one in the pipeline. Just want to get slotted with a VR headset in the comfort of my living room. Mm. Uh, and that is a very Melbourne lockdown inspired isn't question. It? Isn't it? Uh, well, Kelly Slater, the place. We could ask him. We could go direct to the GOAT. And uh, see what the go right, is there. We'll, we'll hit him on the gram and uh, we'll put something on the screen if he gets back to us. But uh, big shout out to Sam Carrier and Navarin Fox when uh, when the Xbox came out and Kelly Slater's game was there. We were all living in our Carrier's, you know, one bedroom unit with his his brand new wife that he just bought. And Foxy and I just like camped up on the couch for almost eight months, did a huge Euro leg. And, uh, yeah, Mimi, Sam's wife, would go to work and we'd just start drinking beers and play Kelly Slater because the surf out the front was shit. Mm. And we got really good at it. Mm. Uh, we, we had big challenges. Um, that was my really only f sort of deep foray into surfing video games until your journey. No, you ride. You your, oh, that you rider. It was a phone game. Phone gadgetry. Fuck, it was good. I, I loved <laughs> it. And all of a sudden, it disappeared off the net. And I need answers, Smithy, because that was my favourite surf game by miles. You could surf all around the world. You could take on Matt Wilco in finals and uh, Ducky Staples over in South Africa. And wow. Such a good game. And it just got fucking rinsed. I don't know what happened there. But if anyone out there can tell me what's up with you ride the journey, it's gone. Now I'm just left with the, uh, mm. the Woozle game, which I fucking hate. The style's rank. The mm. waves are shit. I don't like it. I'm sorry. 
I know someone spent a lot of time developing and I don't want to shit on their fucking life's work, but mm. it's just not a game for me, mate. Nah, it's an iconic game, really, Kelly Slater Pro Surfing. But Did you uh, do some time on it? Oh, 100%, of course. Who but didn't... but you, are you one of those guys who loves the Sunny Garcia game better? I was a, a an aficionado of Sunny Garcia's <laughs> Pro Surfing, absolutely. It suits you. It suits oh, you it's having incredible. Garcia uh, and I mean, Beshin uh, and those guys. Yeah, Beshin, Corey Lopez, Ratboy Collins. Uh, mm. I think, uh, who else was in there? There was some, uh, maybe even... Uh, Timmy Rays was in there. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Rochelle Ballard, I feel like. But uh, uh, the beauty of that game was the realism. It was uh, a very playable game. Mm. Kind of echoes of Shipstern's bluff at times. Yeah, and, right. Uh, yeah. You know, it just didn't have the kind of the ludicrosity of the Slater franchise. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, kind of potentially was linked to epileptic uh, outbreaks. And, uh, oh, is that right? Yeah, I mean, allegedly. But, uh, one, of the, yeah, one of those things. It's they a little bit glitchy, yeah. It's in the fine But what about some of the other print. games? There's some real poxy ones too. I think Transworld Surf had a version. I never oh, really got they? into it. I feel like that one had Taj in it, though, which was a huge kind of bonus, bonus for me yeah. at the time, uh, you know, being such a, a Taj fan in my youth. But uh, couldn't really get around the, you know, if, if I want to just get flashing lights blown into my synapses, I'm yeah. going to either get EMDR therapy or I'm going to go to a fucking, uh, you know, a dolphin Marinfield. Mm. So uh, I don't well, want I mean, that just getting beamed into my head 24-7 yeah. while I'm sitting in front of the TV. Yeah, there's been some funny games. Aussie, Lung and hotties. Aussie Wright actually got, um, a, a game was in development. He got asked to be one of the characters in it. Yeah. Spewing it never came off because he went to America. He put on the black suit with the ping pong ball so that the computers no could, uh, you know, mimic his movements. Is that how they do it? That's yeah. incredible. And uh, on the green screen. And um, I think Gav Beshin was in that one. And they had a massively, like, core crew. It would have been such a good game. Um, yeah, you can unlock secret rooms to, you know, um, under the pipe house bong dens and stuff like that. Really? No, I don't know, oh, mate. That would have been sick. But, I wish uh, there was, yeah, it'd be great if they had yeah, a, more a bit kind of, more culturally Yeah, culturally a role play kind of scenario. That's right. We had to survive the Vulcan house and, uh, you know, that these kinds so of good. scenarios. You let, yeah, you've walked into the, uh, uh-oh, you've walked into the Vulcan house with your thongs on. <laughs> Fucking, here comes the beating. It turns it turns into Street Fighter. Uh, Run or fight, yeah. That but, uh, yeah, the, the, the original, the OG surf game, which... Um, you know, we all played when I was a grommet, being uh, super old, was California Games. It had, uh, oh, had like this G-Land sort pinnacle. of perfectly mm. tapered mm. ten to eight to ten foot left that just barreled. You could stay in the tube the whole time. But as a, a natural footer, like I used to sometimes just get on it and just weave, you know, for half the length of the ride so that I could do a big cutty and then surf the right forehand for a while. <laughs> it was one of the tricks. But, uh, yeah, look, let's, uh, let's find out about... KS Mac 2 if it's uh, mm. on the program. You know, I mean, if they're not – if Kelly's not as, uh, you know – sure, it's got to be a Kelly game. Who else can they bankroll it off? John John maybe? Mm. Yeah, I could see John John putting out a, uh, a version. Maybe oh, maybe Travis Lynch uh, – Travis Logie, sorry. I was thinking – oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a bit obscure. Or maybe uh, – mm. yeah, I don't know, Vaughn. Travis Logie. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, they're storming off the shelves in South Africa. Oh, I'll be going massive. On your trap, love you, mate. Hey, uh, well, who else you got over there, Smithy? Uh, we've got one here from Dan Norton Smith, uh, a product of Rabina State High School up there on the Gold Coast. And uh, what can I tell you about Dan? Uh, he likes single fins. 
He is a proud father. And uh, what else we so got here? some random stuff on this. Uh, what's this? His Facebook? Yes. Any any core action there? Oh, great self-portrait. Doesn't mind some a sunset. Sunsets. He just Beautiful. looks like a humble family man with a passion for single fins. Oh, retro crafts. Well played, Dan. And his question is, Dan. when are the Swellians releasing a greatest hits album with all the classics such as That's Lamore, Up the Swellians, Up the Baney, and he's Mick Fenning. He's that fucking good. <laughs> uh, well, Ooh. I can tell you, I will be putting a Christmas album out. Um, it should be titled... Uh, keep an eye out for, uh, I think, a poetry of a pikey or uh, something like that along those lines. And it will be featuring all of my uh, classic kids, kids, hits uh, from the Jed's Angry series. So, Excellent. Well, uh, I think um, we might be able to get together USBs or, or some sort of club membership where you can access those songs because uh, – Truth be told, Smithy, we uh, we don't have access to 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 them ourselves at the moment. So, uh, long story short, it's a fucking mess. But we'll get back to it. It's half the reason why we're not on Spotify at the moment mm. as well. well. We'll sort it out. The reptiles have won at the moment. We're coming back. Mm. Good question. Thanks for asking, though. We'll, we'll we'll get them out there eventually because they are classic, Smith. <laughs> Okay, well, we've got uh, one here from Andre Bortapel. And Andre enjoys, well, he lives in Byron Bay, New South Wales, up there in the Northern Rivers. And he enjoys, he enjoys photos of morbidly obese people. He's a Monty Python fan. And he knows how to rinse corn at what looks like G-Land or somewhere else in Indonesia. And his question is, cheers for the show, lads. Best surf potty by a mile. Staying true to the culture of surfing. What do you guys think of trestles for the finals? Here's a hypothetical. Mikey Wright comes out with his rat's tail on fire, wins every comp, every single one of them, getting coned off his dial, boosting big and laying down huge full throttle turns. Then comes finals day in two foot slow onshore trestles and Felipe wins what the commentary team tout as the most super duper cowabunga finals ever in the universe. <laughs> boosting knee high, chop hop 360s. Who's the world champ? The People's World Champ or the WSL's World Champ? Mm. It's an interesting scenario, isn't it? Mm. Because, I mean, if, if, it, we've set the platform for uh, a, a repeat of 1988. 1988, Damien Harbden won seven CT events and didn't win the world title. Ugh. But it's just it's – just, it's part of the new system, mate. I, th- I think – I haven't got a problem with, uh, you know – taking a bit of time to get used to the idea that the guy who went well all year melted in the finals. Mm. Like it's, it's, it happens in rugby league. It happens in basketball. It happens in every, you know, uh, sport that you can imagine where there's a final series. It's like what it, makes sport great is the, the, you know, watching the classic melt unfold in slow motion replay over uh, yeah. and over and, watch, and over again. Watch, watching yeah. the pain sink into the folds the moment, in their face. The moment the pressure has just completely and utterly Dissolved into just a humiliating puddle. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's oh, great it's so fun. Just watching that egg crack and ooze. Yeah. And, you know, like the best surfer in the world, mate, like if you look at world titles since 76, 
name the world champion who really didn't deserve it. You know, like it's it's it's, it's not going to take away the top five surfers of the year are the only ones allowed to surf in that final series. Mm. Um, personally, I think the final series format is a little flawed. I don't, I don't particularly like the way that um, you don't get to see the the number one surf in the world surf until the major semi or the final even. Oh, right. So, so it's, it's like five plays yeah. four, then the winner of that heat surfs against three, then the winner of that heat surfs against two, and then the winner of that heat surfs against one in a best of three. It's interesting too because when it's all coming down to one day or like how, how long do these events run for? Is it one, one or two days? How long does the – It's one day. It's one day. It's one day. And, so and, it's not exactly a uh, – I wouldn't say it's a – a bonus getting to only surf once, once you get to the major semifinals. But I mean, the other thing, only one day yeah, of surfing. Yeah, so I feel like that's almost putting the, the top seed at a disadvantage. To well, I was, I was speaking to Ronnie about this and he was just, he was of the view that like, this is before it had been decided that the, um, I think it's called the McIntyre system, which we, which we have in uh, rugby league. I don't yeah. know if it's the same in AFL. I think it is where you do uh, one versus four, two versus three winner of that gets a heat off. And then in uh, – so instead of taking five up, you take eight. So you know what I mean? Then you've got four versus eight, uh, five versus si- uh, six. And then those two surf against the losers of the of the uh, top round. And it just – it sort of presents itself in a, a format where, uh, you know, the, the advantage is there for the guys who finish in the top four. Then the uh, the guys who are in the top eight still get a fucking chance to create a miracle. I don't know. Mm. It, it's it's sort of probably not coming across as clear as it, as it looks on paper, but – I think that's a good system. I think that mm. rewards the best surfer of the year to have a chance, but it just adds that extra bit of pressure to surf more heats, you know? Mm, mm. I mean, best case scenario at Trestles, what are we looking at? Like best case scenario, it's like four to six foot consistent A-frames, mm. but so many of the events there have been decided in pretty subpar conditions over the years, you know, looking at like that. Slightly onshore, grubby sort of, two, yeah. three foot, a little bit slow, like those kind of long periods, Southern California swells. Oh, I don't know if it's a good move. I think, uh, you know, they've got such a, a showpiece in that finals day and to have it at, um, uh, at a wave like that, I don't know, man. I mean, we'll it's a level playing field. Hard, so, hard to, hard uh, to that's what's going write it off at this stage. If, if it's ideal conditions and it's absolutely flaring, like, man. And it it's, it's in a good time of year. It is a, yeah, it I, is th- a I think it's in that exact same window. I heard Pat O'Connell saying to um, Dave Prodan on the, the lineup podcast, it's the exact same time of year that Slater in Black and White was filmed. So mm. you get that sort of surf. Fuck, it's going to be a show. It's going to be exciting to watch. Mm. Mm. Top five guys in that sort of waves. Fuck. Huge. Mm. All day digging holes. White privilege. I got red hair, cunt. I look like Paul Skulls. White privilege. My dad mines coal. White privilege. I got molested by a priest when I was 12 years old. White privilege. I grew up dirt poor. White privilege. White privilege. My dad got fucked up in the war. White privilege. I grew up in housing commission. White privilege. Well, I earn 80k doing PR for World Vision. White privilege. White privilege. I work six days a week. White privilege. I'm in debt that's fucking deep. White privilege. Mum's been to jail. White privilege. She just got out on bail. 
white privilege. I'm a victim of violent crime. White privilege. I'll have a soda, vodka and lime. White privilege. I've got no land, no house, no assets, no wealth. White privilege. I suffer poor mental health. White privilege. I've got a year nine education. White privilege. I can't even set up a PlayStation. White privilege. I work in a factory with every other kind of cunt. White privilege. I spend every day on the munt. White privilege. I'm riddled with PTSD. Cunt. White privilege. I'm incapable of feeling glee. White privilege. All that football and fighting has given me CTE. White privilege. All right, we're back, Smitty. Uh, Mr. Todd Blinky, Smith. Uh, looks like a fairly cut dude. He looks, like, looks a bit like Laird. I reckon he's on the Laird program there. I reckon he's like on the superfoods. Man, I think uh, there's a couple of turmeric lattes in that eight pack. He's, he's got a, a mad-looking gram. He's, uh, there's a photo of him here with a Ryan Callanan shirt. Look at that. Eh? Oh. He's got a wuzzle rashy. Straight to the pool room. Straight to the pool room, Mr. Todd Blinky. Up your mate. And there's a, some good solid waves here. Looking for a surf shot of him. Can't see a purse. So, uh, but it does look like he's uh, had a fun couple of days at the uh, Aloita Resort. Is that what that says? Loiter. Anyway, he's spent some time in Loiter? Indo with the Maldives. Lolita Resort? Is that it? Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Anyway. Is that where Roman Polanski hangs out? On oh, oh, Mr. Todd Blinky. Well, maybe that's Epstein's joint uh, he wants the, the caravan. Oh, fuck. Yeah, let's let's hope not. Um, so Todd wants to know, what the fuck's in the water down South WA? Chippo Wilcox and BMAC. Chippo, that's his name. I think I was calling him Whippo the other day, but Chippo Wilcox and BMAC, uh, I think that's got to be Bronte McCauley. Got to be. Uh, packing bigger cones this winter than most of us mere mortals will ever get on. Should we get them on ATS? Well, fucking straight up, 100% they're coming on. Mm. Uh, we got some WA shows planned for later mm. in the year. As soon as this uh, Australian civil war simmers down and the West Australian successionists open up their border and we can uh, – let, they let us East Coastians over there. Mm. We're straight into a podcast. 100%. Yeah, I think so. And um, but but just in regards, I mean, we've spoken at length about uh, Jake Wilcox and the uh, the clip he dropped. Fucking just so sick. But Bronte McCauley, mate, she's got to be licking her lips about the tour stops that have that have been. Uh, yeah, back know. to Chopsy. Chopu and G Land is that still on the cards? Ah, uh, not sure about G Land, mm. but uh, Chopes for sure. And you'd think, I mean, there's some serious parallels between. Nalu and Chopes, I think. I mean, the, the drop at Chopes is a bit more harrowing than Nalu, I guess, but like just that big, throaty, Kona quenchal left slab. I, I, you have to think Bronnie McCauley is going to be one of the, the favorites to take I, that I event out. I can't think of um, anyone with a bigger advantage going into that event than Bronte because she's got like all of that heavy water, like, you know, tubes, uh, Fucking training under a belt. Yeah, and it's a hunger. You gotta want it. You gotta want level. it. And uh, and I was interesting talking to Dave um, about sort of Bronte's progression in in heavy water tubes because mm. um, uh, Nalu obviously has such tricky sections to read. Uh, it, it looks like the barrel's kind of pinch and chandelier right when right when it throws. Navigating that so, le- that yeah, ledge inside mate, the, ledge, the pit. I mean, that. all that's like 
in my mind, make puts it in a kind of different league to Chopes. But mm. I think what makes Chopes uh, kind of puts it back up the ledger of heaviness is the drop, the ledge. Yeah, the, but like, like, this is the thing. She's going to have that advantage of uh, having surfed fucking heavy, heavy, tricky to read lineup. And, and Chopes, I mean, you speak to anyone, once that drops, once, once you're fucking committed and you're in, if you can knife it, you, you're basically just standing there enjoying the view. So... Mm. Yeah, I think she'll be backing herself, mate. And, and Dave was actually saying, you know, like the, the good ones at Nalu, you want to be doing that same thing. You want to be under them. Mm. It's a really – he said it's a hard lineup to know how far out is the right amount because mm. you've got to be under it. Mm. Otherwise, you airdrop and then you're then you're in real trouble. But, wow. wow. Know, once you start airdropping, you know, it's either going to put you in the best spot ever or nine times out of ten – the detonation fucking zone. Oh, it's such a harrowing theatre of surfing. It's so wild. I love it. A- anyone who's, you know, willing to roll the dice in those kinds of conditions is an absolute hero, hero a swelling spirit animal in my mind. And, uh, I mean, we've been waiting. It's It's been a, a while. There's been such a crazy slab movement amongst, uh, you know, male surfing in Australia. And it's an inevitability that the women will begin to, you know, kind of slowly eke out into that kind of territory and we're beginning to see a few talents in that realm. It's mm. such a bloody wild, wild realm of surfing. It but uh, they're coming in. I think, you know, the likes of Bronnie McCauley, they're going to be at such, a, like you said, such an advantage once women surfing corners onto that realm and we start seeing chicks just sacking up. Spreading the egg jam on the toast in the morning <laughs> and just right. throttling Mondo Monstro cones. I, I think she's going to be heading to that event, like I say, with a serious advantage because a, a lot of the uh, women, even though they've been over there and had a crack at it, you know, like getting comfortable with it, knowing what you have to do to, to make waves out there, knowing the lineup well enough to, to see a set coming and, and know exactly where you want to be and what, you, what you've got to do, like the commitment needed to even just – fucking bury your hands like up to the shoulders and just do two strokes, mm. you know, because the, the way that guys turn and spin and paddle into chopes, it's it's not like you you, you got a lot of time to, um, no. you know, to sort of think about your paddling or anything. It's just turn, one, two, go. Oh, it's, it's such a glitchy kind of thing happening in the brain at that moment when it's just you have a, a steep, dark, mm. black wall of water and you've basically got to turn and just – if there is even – the hint of hesitation, you fucking... Oh, you fucking... Get on her. You're just a fucking piece of cheese on the grater, mate. You just mm. get shredded. Mm. Anyway, yeah. Far that's out. A good it's question, gonna be Todd. Wild. On your Are you kidding me? Fucking champion. We got a question here from Adrian Cat. And uh, Adrian is a student, ex-student of the University of Newcastle, Nova Castrian, one of the great... Great cities in Australia. He's uh, the father of two little legends in Lila and Lennox, named after the iconic Australian point break. His question is, the all-time greatest surfing performances for a goofy and a natural in a rashy. Uh, he's listed his own. Oki at the Skins event, number one. Andy at the Mexico Comp, number two. The Big O at Cloud Break, number three. Luke Egan at G-Land. Uh, and if you have time, the worst performances. Wow. What a fucking list. And the goat doesn't even get a mention. Mm. That's madness. Mm. He basically owned Pipeline for a decade. Mm. 
Uh, the 98 Pipe Masters, that one where he uh, – I don't think he won the event, but he, he won his sixth world title and then retired on the beach mm. same day. Jake Patterson won the comp. Oh, yes. But there, was, there was a run of – I mean, that, that uh, event he had where the, the, high, the high five with Machado went down, he was mm. on a massive tear there. He's, he's dominated so many ways, but he doesn't even get a mention. I think my favourite Goat Pipe Masters victory was when he beat John John Florence in a final there. I'm not sure if it was actually a CT contest or it was the Vulcan Pipe Pro. You remember that? Yeah, was it, I think that was a CT. It I think was, that was still the a CT. Masters. Just like, the no, performance. Yeah, I mean, masters. this is in his career twilight, and he mm. packs one in the final that is like a leggy bodyboarding wave. It's like one of them inside yeah. double ups that basically shattered Bede's pelvis. And, 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 and just, actually, the cannon of the spit was, cool. mate, it blew, it blew fast Eddie's <laughs> two payoff down there at Spackyards. It was wild. Bleep that. No way, bro. That's straight out there. Uh, get a little animation going. Um, yeah, that was that was a huge performance. I'm pretty sure there, there's so one way. John there. I don't John know if it, yeah. Cooking pipeline John, conditions. John, John. In his mid-40s? Are you kidding me? Yet to win a pipe masters. Like starting wow. to hit the, the, you know, the, the peak of his life. Uh, you'd think that the pipe masters has got to be right there for this year. There for the taking. Like, mm. Is he going to come out? Remember when he um, he did his knee? I think he had uh, two wins from three starts or something. He was so far out in front. This is um, looking forward to this uh, doco mm. rising t- Tokyo rising or mm. something. It's where where the, it's going to go pretty deep into John John's uh, rehabilitation and how quickly he needed to to get back on the board to stop Kelly from stealing his spot on the Olympic team. Mm. Oh, it's going to be interesting, mate. I think it'll dive into their relationship a little deeper now that. You know, he's an established world champion and, and the, the mind games just yeah. don't have the same cutting edge that they would have when he was a young fella. No, it's interesting. We talk about that frenemy dynamic in, in professional surfing and it's got to take on an added layer of confusion with John John. You know, Slater was has been there his whole life pretty much. He's been a, a mentor. It's kind of got echoes of uh, Darth Vader and Anakin or something. It's like this strange dynamic. How do you, you know, the trust, where does the trust lie in that? Yeah, you've got this guy you've known your whole life. He's like an uncle, but then all of a sudden mm. he's in your backyard kind of throwing weird little uh, quizzical uh, mental Sudokus at you before. Yeah, spraying the, uh, spraying the bed through the uh, the open window from next door with, with his garden hose. You hear about that one? No, I did not. Yeah, he, uh, I think the Florences left a window open and Kelly was hosing the garden and he just squirted a bit of water in on uh, either John John or Nathan's bed <laughs> when they lived next, to, next well door to each other. <laughs> That's a good one. Classica. I'm back in the game on that one. <laughs> Oh, it would have been so good. But, um, yeah, look, I, I reckon uh, – so what was the question again? Best, best like, start to finish. greatest surfing performances. I, uh, I think that the, the John John Margaret River one in terms of a, a heat has to be fucking right up there. Mm. Uh, start to finish, just absolutely dominated. Mm. I don't think he got less than a fucking 9.4 or something mm. in his, his entire comp. I've never seen a contest where a surfer is just that far – in a league of their own. Mm. Like, there was no real comparison. He, the difference between him and second place yeah. was fucking monstrous. And, and, and then, oh, yep, sorry, mate. I'm just going to give you one. Best mm. and worst. Uh, worst performance I've ever seen in uh, a CT, I think. Look, I, I can't remember, but there was there were definitely been heats at Chopu where 
where guys have just sat in the channel, not wanting a bar of it, not even made an effort. Neko Paderats, uh, springs to mind. But then, uh, you know, like I've, the Neko came back the year after, just you know, basically humiliate himself, paddle back out with a gath on. Gath. So had the had the <gasps> magic power of of the the mighty gath, and uh, he got a ten in his in, on his first wave, and, and actually tried a floater on the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Destroyed on the inside, <laughs> absolutely destroyed. He actually did the Neko thing, where he was like, "Feeling right, I'm, I'm it so hard, back. I'm coming back." Gets out there and just fucking annihilates himself so badly, couldn't even surf the rest of the event anyway. <laughs> oh, it it rattled that. him too. I think he got stuffed like between reef, and he got completely fucking. That hates. is just so Neko. <laughs> that is the <laughs> animal to a T. Comes back, packs the Mondo Monstro cone, and just is feeling it so hard. He attempts a maneuver that no one has attempted in the history of surfing chopes. Yeah. And then, and then section floater, and on uh, that West Bowl, absolutely on that perishes. Basically breaks not even on dry. It's below dry sea, like you know, roof, coral reef. It's just breaking into. into I am the, animal. Nothing can touch me. I get perfect ten at Chopu. So uh, Neko bounced back from that, but um, yeah, that was a that was a shocker. And then worst performance. I feel like I feel like Geordie holds a handful of them. Mm. You know, when, when it when it when it really matters, he, he and he's right there. It, it, it's like the arrogance goes and he starts thinking too much. Mm. And I've always liked arrogant Geordie better than any other Geordie. Arrogant and angry Geordie, epic. Geordie, the uh, athlete who's trying to play mind games and, and sort of think his way through a heat, no good. Mm. Mm. Best ever, I'm going to have to go with Joel Parkinson at J-Bay 2009 oh, with that beautiful. special bank. Uh, and beautiful. he was from beginning to end just untouchable in a league of his own. I remember his round one heat against uh, the wild card, Heath Josky and uh, Jozza, a mad swelling fan of the program. One of the great Aussie core Lord, chew pig underground hellmen, but fuck man, he just ran into a surfer who was in the absolute form of mm. his life on a wave that couldn't have been more perfectly tapered designed for him, yeah, mm. Parker. His, his surfboard looked like a paintbrush. He looked like some kind of surrealist Van Gogh, Monet expressionist, just jiving in. Oh man, the synchronicity between him and that wave throughout that event was just wild. It was art. It was incredible. Uh, the only guy to really hold a candle to him and surf it with that kind of tempo is Sean Holmes. The, the, their approach is so similar. And when you see someone who's in sync with that wave. It's uh, it's just such a such an incredible sight. Like uh, so few surfers can really find uh, find the measure of that joint. It's an incredible wave, but it's so hard to surf to its capacity and for sure, man. And yeah, I, like I, I love that J Bay. Uh, it's so good to have waves on tour that expose you know weaknesses. Like who who would have thought that Felipe would get out there and just draw it out and just have the perfect tempo and surf that wave kind of perfect from start to finish. Mm. But you hear uh, Derek Hind in particular, you know, who's been a long time student of pro surfing and, and uh, a real commentator on sort of strengths and weaknesses in, in people's entire approach. And it's not just about getting the points or the wins. It's about sort of like the substance of their surfing. And, you know, he, he has a very short list of people who can surf J-Bay properly. Mm. And uh, I think it starts with um, Terry Fitzgerald as, as sort of like, and I'm only naming Australian guys. He's got a long list of South African guys 
obviously, who are fucking masterful out there. But he would always say, you know, like there's a line that you take out there. TF had it. Um, uh, Paco has it. Uh, There's a few other crew. But he he said Bo Foster, little buggy. Yeah. He had it. And I found that really interesting because, you know, he is a surfer who has a really unique style. It's it's kind of almost um, – it's it's almost like chilled, mm. you know, like he's got that really sort of lethargic almost body language but then he just lights it up and puts himself in a perfect position and mm. maintains speed and has that beautiful sort of flow like uh, I guess – I guess sort of like um, Pally-esque. He's, he's from the sunny coast originally, I think, mm. down around there. Yeah, what is Hedler. it about the sunny coast that's uh, producing – Well, Wilco out there style as well. Mm. Fuck, he just could tee off, couldn't he? It was just so good to see. Um, but that's good. Uh, what about Squidstagrams? He's uh, always on his Smivy. Squidstagrams oh, is always – Oh, the Yeah. Doof maniac from he, Vico. He's always on here. He's a mental health advocate. Tuna fat podcast – have Great. a listen. Yeah, I've been on there. The Tuna Fat Potty. Mm. One of his guests. You can tap in. Good stuff. I'll get on that. He wants to know, uh, is it better to get two seconds sober cones and make them or uber deep ultimate shrimp vision center of the earth close at close out tubes on mushies but not make any? Mm. He's saying, is it is it better to make the cone or is it better to just get on the shrooms and pull in the close outs? Far out. That's a good question. I feel like... Body bashing. Whilst- this is why the Swillians, mate, fucking rule. Because mm. these are the real issues that we need to dive into in surfing. Mm. The mild high club. Mm. <laughs> what do you got? Yeah, I mean, all vision is good vision. And it's really a matter of, uh, you know, where your head's at as to how much you're going to enjoy that vision. Mm. So, uh, you know, if you kind of got your, your metrics all set correctly and you're just looking for that, you know, you, your mind's open enough to just absorb the translucent green cathedral inside the cone, then I think body bashing or closeouts on mushies is really the way to go. I, I think it's just all about clock, clocking up as much time in that trippy little wormhole as possible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a monstrous allegedly on this. Um, and, and there has never been any any – Thing other than hardcore rumor on this story. So, that, but there's, this is not steeped in fact. It's just something that was getting around the traps for a while. But way back in the day when uh, it was best of three, there was a Billabong Pro on it at Kira and it was pumping. It was like, I don't know, three to four foot. Is this not, the, the Shane Bash and Perfect Heat? The Shane ten? Bash and Perfect 10 Heat. Now, you've heard about this, right? Uh, no. He got. Three perfect tens, a perfect heat. Mm. It was the first time it had ever been done. By the way, three-wave score, not two. Mm. And then he got a 9.5 or something as well wow. in this one heat. And the rumor is that he was on the sit while oh, he was wow. doing it. So, uh, look, take or leave it. Uh, I definitely don't want to besmirch his name or anything because he's like, you oh, know. It's not a besmirching a on, in my book, He's form. a judge on the walls. All of, like, you know how people get. Some people might be stoked on uh, hearing that about themselves. Other people might be fucking freaking on it. Mm. Uh, but there's no – it's based in, on no fact at all. But can you imagine it? Can you imagine, like, just, just thinking back to your own experiences with uh, the psilocybin and, mm. and just parking it in three 10-point tubes in perfect flawless by the hut, Kira, in a row. Yeah. It's mind-expanding in the extreme. <laughs> fucking 
what are you staring at in there, mate? I think uh, – You must see like little clocks with the hands of time ticking as you're just flying past your face. <laughs> like, you, you know, it's like you, you're travelling through the start of the twilight zone, just random images and people's heads and, you know, Magatu from Zoolander and all that sort of shit just flying <laughs> past your field of your peripheries as you just slotted in the fucking cone zone. Mm. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, uh, there's no allegedly needed before this, but another one that springs to mind is Christian Fletcher's moonlit Sid, uh, Sid sessions at Desert Point, Benko, mm. Benko. Uh, I mean, phew, kind of uh, defies belief, really. I mean, it's a harrowing wave at the best of times, but not for CF out there piloting cones, phosphorescence popping off as he packs it on oh, the Sid vision. I know that. I think I'm uh, pretty sure uh, it's not unusual, is it? Put it that way. It's not unusual for guys to paddle out into fucking crystalline orbs and, and with with the brain at full potential. Mm, mm. Another uh, another Sid-related uh, tube shootout. Ballaram Stack. Might have to bleep this, but Ballaram mm. Stack, uh, have it on good authority. Traveling with the uh, the spirit molecule, dropping it onto frangipani leaves, and then just gorging again. Bunko bunko, <laughs> just packing go go gadgets. After go go gadgets, the more cone. you start talking about it, the more you've like other stories of other guys come to mind. Packing it. Another one about I believe it was uh, Mark Healy there at the grower. That's uh, right. That that the end section of Desert Point, which is you know yeah. a remarkable, probably the most perfect pit on the planet. Holds, you know, 8, 10, 12 foot, but it's a closeout yeah. for 90% of us on the planet. But, yeah, just Healy just absolutely 2020 high def Sid Vision packing <laughs> monstro cones. And those top guys, you know, yeah. they can doggy door that thing. Oh, and, mate, uh, that's the that's got to be one of the hecticest doggy doors on the planet. And both, I think both of those stories relate to me by the irrepressible Sir Oscar Billy Pippen Wright, mm. uh, who was out surfing that day in a rainbow-coloured uh, T-shirt. And I believe the quote was from Healy himself, Dress, you're dressed to impress, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Aussie, isn't it? Um, leftover Jack, Smithy. Leftover Jack. Uh, well, this is a, a common one from Leftover. I'm just going to jump in here. Jack Moore. Um, oh, he's got some form here, Smith. Check out his Neil Purchase Jr. backside steez in the cone. Wow. Is that him? How's the feet positioning on that thing? There's nothing more vain than posting photos of yourself surfing. Anyway, here's a couple from yesterday. <laughs> oh, he's got the stanchy. Not the stanchy, the fucking uh, steezy style. Definitely touching on a bit of NPJ there. Tribute to the ultimate backside cone riding lord. Uh, still... Still to this day, yet to see someone control speed in the tube better backhand. I mean, you know, we always talk about the irons. We talk about the evolution of backside tube riding, but Percho's just the front leg drop off, the, the variation in his stalling. Mm. Still to this day, next level. But he said, uh, what's the worst dish out of localism either of you fellas have received or are you too high up there in the bourgeois surferly to experience any neg vibes coming your way? <laughs> oh, he's had a crack. Uh, bourgeois. Bourgeois, bro. What's the go, Smithy? Have you turned bourgeois on us? Oh, fuck, man. Until uh, the paychecks start rolling in and I get a slice of land and a car that doesn't fucking shit itself every six months, I would 
suggest no. I, th- I think that, well, the only time I ever got punched out, I was telling you this story yesterday. I mm. was um, being lippy to a, a bloke, Paul Fisher, his name was, a uh, bit older than me. We were surfing out the front of South Golden Beach where I grew up and, uh, yeah, he either fell off or he did something and he caught me kind of giggling at him and he just paddled over and just fucking clicked me. Oh, mm. full force punch. And I sort of ducked it, like dipped my head at the last second and he caught me right in the top of the dome. Ouch. And uh, I heard that his... Hurt, that would have hurt him more than you. Oh, yeah, I heard his fist crack. But uh, I, I went underwater, just like sort of cried to myself and then mm. I came up and I never was lippy in the surf ever again, mate. Mm. Managed to find a way to to just sort of sneak around on the inside and sniff out me little options here and there and leave the big dogs to it. Yeah, lippiness as a youth in the surf is a dangerous, dangerous game to play. I mean, there's people queuing up mm. to tee off on grommets, which is uh, kind of pathetic when you think about it. Yeah. Grown men yeah. beating up children. But- Fuck, mate. Like, you got to keep the not... fucking grommets in order, mate. All the fucking, <laughs> the fucking grommets, mate. They fucking don't know their fucking place. Grommets these days. Fuck, so mate. True. They're fucking fuck. that cheeky, eh? Hey. You just got to fucking hit them, mate. Fucking that, fuck, they can't fuck. That was literally everyone over 15 years old in the dunes at the old Newey Board Riders Con. Mm, mm. But then uh, the irony is that, uh, and you'd think they kind of know this, being adults, that people grow up. And sometimes they grow up and they don't forget these indiscretions. And, and sometimes they grow up and become quite large, muscular, um, you know, bloodlusting mm. maniacs. And, well, the, the, uh, the Bruce a, Irons, Chris Wan story, that is a cracker because no one could touch Bruce. You know, mm. he's from Hawaii. Uh, he's already surfing royalty at, at 12, 13, 14. They can see what's coming. Um, he, he paddles out. Uh, pipe or backdoor and starts giving lip to uh, Chris Wong, the bodyboarder. Mm, Stand-up bodyboarder. Stand-up no bodyboarder. And, um, and and Chris, like you said, just said, okay, you wait till you're 18, Grom, you wait. And he just sat there and quietly sat on it, never brought it up again. And they say, they'd see each other around and all this sort of shit. And then one day uh, they're sitting out at backdoor, pretty big afternoon, and Chris Wong says to Brucey, hey, are you 18 yet, Bruce? And he goes, yeah, man. And he just paddled over and fucking clicked him, clocked wow. him out there at Pipeline when Bruce is the prince of pipe by this stage. And I hammered him and there's a shot, double page spread in either surfing or surfer or trans world of Bruce pulling into a fucking inside ledge at backdoor and you can see the blood running down his face from where he got snapped in the eye. Fucking got to find that photo. It is such a sick shot. Someone will have it somewhere in the surf industry universe. Well, Please let's try send it in. If, you, if you've got it or you've, you've seen it or you've got the mag that it's in, send it to us on the DM. We want to we want to have a look at that. Mm. Classic story though, Smithy. Exactly what you said. You just you, – some people, you know, the, the whole uh, revenge is a dish – Best serve, Cole. That mm. was icy, Cole. Mm. Sit on that for that long. Mm. Credit to Chris Wan for waiting for him to come of age mm. before giving him a hiding. That is go. proper respect to that. I Isn't mean, uh, I always think that generally, like, if you're going to have a have a go with someone, I think you've got to give them the option uh, of taking it to the beach or at least, like, they, you know, it's got to be, needs to be two to tango. Generally speaking. Absolutely right. Um, my own story being localised, I think I've told on the podcast before, a notorious drug dealer from the eastern suburbs, weighing the scales at about 110 kilos with an iconic kind of point break, mid-90s plaited mohawk. Um, and I think I was maybe tipping the scales at, whoa, lucky to be 70 kilos, probably 65, about mm. 14 years old, 15 years old. And uh, again, Vaughn made the mistake of uh, 
being a bit lippy after being dropped in on and, uh, you know, giving him a what for, you know, like a, like I think <laughs> a, a sarcastic hoot was all it took. Yeah. A you. And, uh, yeah, that's all it took for this large criminal to be chasing me around the lineup. And uh, I think he actually gave me a couple, socked me a couple of times. <sighs> and then good, stood on the beach demanding I come in and fight him. Strange behaviour, isn't that's it? That's odd. Well, how old were you? 14. Yeah, 14, 15. Oh, yeah, we're fucking... What a hero. Mm. Uh, well, one of the best uh, dish outs of localism I ever saw, uh, done well, was um, Sam McIntosh, the, the founder slash publisher slash uh, Big Cheese at Stab Magazine, the uh, website slash media empire that he's created. We were surfing uh, the point, his beloved Angari point together, and there was a, a grom out there just... Fizzing. There was three guys out, me, Sam, and this grommet. And the grom just kept on paddling up the inside, just over and over and over. And finally, Sam dropped in on him, and, and the kids started yelling at him, just going, Oi, 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 fuck off, mate. Like that. And um, Sam pulled off, and the kids went to the beach, and uh, Sam was just so rattled, and he went, You know what? Fuck this. And he paddled in, and he, gra- he didn't grab the kid, he just said, Hey, mate. Uh, and gave him this giant lecture on surf etiquette. <laughs> That's and amazing. I fucking worded him up, seriously, yeah. and, and like, but educated him. Mm. And it was fucking cool, man. Because cool. I was like, yeah, you don't have to fucking bash kids. Nah. But you can definitely fucking give them a surf. Mm. Although I heard now they just pull out their cameras and start filming you going, oh, what are you going to do? Hit me, mate? Are you going to fucking hit me? <laughs> oh, you want to fucking get <laughs> fucked in this day and age, Smithy? You haven't got a hope, mate. <laughs> He verbally abused me, Dad. That man abused me. He verbally abused me. Anyway, well played, Will. Question here from Luke Cuming, a.k.a. the Atoll Traveller, who is parked in a splendid-looking Micronesian or Polynesian or Indonesian frontside pit. And uh, he wants to know, should surf shops cap the cost of sex wax at $5 a block? Yeah, sex wax, the price of it's just been skyrocketing. Has it? I've actually gone out and bought uh, 10,000 blocks of sex wax and I'm storing them as an investment egg, but oh my God. (laughs) Could I put them in the shade? Fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Mate, I I actually, we we, we, uh, reached out to sex wax to see if they wanted to uh, contribute to the swelly and fucking journey. And they never got back to us. So uh, I just brushed them instantly and got straight on the fucking... Cream program, Robbie Page supplying the fucking you, the mana, the surfing mana, mate. Mm. That's the thing. It's a utility. It's it's something that he gives to us to share the just the stoke, the joy, the spiritual journey. Uh, and then Mrs. Palmer's came on. They fucking donated a heap of stuff as well, which has been uh, great for the set, great for the boards. Frothing, yeah. People uh, kind of whinge a bit about Palmer's. I think it's unfair. Uh, it's, it's weird how everyone has their kind of opinion on wax. Yeah. It's a, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like fucking music. You can't really just throw out your two bob and not sort of cop some sort of whiffy nose from people if they don't fucking agree with you. Mm, mm. I, th- I think the, the key to Palmer's, uh, just get a ton of it on there and, and comb the fuck out of it and it's it's pretty good gear, mm. frankly. And our sex wax, yeah, cap the cost, man, at $5 or at least someone get that recipe and start producing it in this country because as far as I know, we're still importing it from, uh, where is it, San Carpateria or some shit. Mm. Um, I mean, it is the, it is the creme de la creme. Mm. It's not the cream, but it's the creme de la creme. It's, it's quality stuff. I, I back the cream. I love it. Yeah, cream's 
Fucking back in the wax, cream, mate. back in the Palmers, Aussie made, Aussie yeah. proud. Fucking it's get got, a southern it's got crust the spirit juju on your in it, mate. It's, it's made with pagey juju. Mm. Well, maybe literally. <laughs> yeah, maybe that is what the secret ingredient is. Well, yeah. It smelt like pagey juju in uh, the cream surf <laughs> shop the other day. I'll tell you, there was all kinds of juju swirling around in the atmosphere. Oh, this is from uh, Fuintins. Fuintins. I think it's a first-time comment or question on the ATS talkback line. Uh, the second booty surf to mention is where he spends most of his time. His Instagram is just a, a, a wash with all sorts of uh, spiritually sort of odd gear. Anyway, he wants to know, uh, who can you confirm which host fell asleep from boredom during the Avoca Heights episode? Ooh, there's a little sting there. Oh, that's a bit harsh. Little sting there. What what part of the show did you find boring, Smithy? Uh, no, I was, you know, generally uh, enthralled by most of it. I think I think people want maybe they're talking about Ace and they want him to you know sink the boot in, start uh, you know just taking the gloves off, getting down and dirty with the every man. But you know, this is the ducks of Barker College we're talking about here, Vaughn. Yeah, this maybe is a, just a statesman. Put your, uh, put your fucking, you know, your, your, your proud bogan fucking coke snorting ways just to the side for one second and perhaps just enlighten yourself with some bourgeois elitism. Mm. Yeah? It's a, a, bit of a touch of social mobility, vicarious social mobility, as experienced through the lens of Adrian Ace Bucking. It, it can be helpful somewhat, Vaughn. I think he's a fucking peach. He's a, he's a, he's a gem of a man, and we could, we could all do a little bit better if we take a leaf out of his book and just be a little, a little more selfless. Oh, he's fucking given it. He's, he's involved, mate. Fucking oath he is. I mean, the work that he does in the community is incredible. Yeah. You know, helping out impoverished uh, black kids in Africa, coming out of the shanty towns near J-Bay, like that story in the podcast is mental. I was but maybe he's talking about so inspired micro. by that. Maybe he's talking about uh, the, the evoker Jesus. Mm. He, there's no stipulation there on uh, who's boring or why. I can Maybe. tell you for sure, Smivy was definitely not on the Murray Cod during that episode. Though. No, neither was I. I actually uh, had a great afternoon. I was fucking half cut by the end of it. Put away a fair few schooners during that one. And um, But I think the, the big thing with that ep was just the timing of it. It was just fucking gnarly. It was just uh, like right on the, the cut down cast. So anyway, fuck you. <laughs> and uh, Yellow Bike Man, who I uh, usually do chat with on the Instagram, has backed him up, said that was a painful one. Well, fuck you too, Yellow. <laughs> up the swellians. <laughs> uh, danger Waves. Oh, oh, who you got there, Smithy? Sorry, mate. Jump the gun. Uh, I got one here from uh, Josh Windsor, who's uh, looking resplendent in a tuxedo with, uh, it looks like he's... Can't really tell there. It's either his girlfriend or his mother. It's a small pixelated photo, so uh, no offense. That, but, uh, <laughs> uh, and he's parked up in a mouldy combi with surfing life stickers <laughs> all over his uh, fridge. There, Ballon. How good was Ballon? Yeah. A uh, couple of core brands there. Uh, he's looking like a proper. Indo-feral lord. He's uh, he's one of the <laughs> disciples of morning of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> we better get to the bottom of that. I'm trying to pop, trying to zoom in. I can't tell what he reckon. Your girlfriend or mother? <laughs> <laughs> that's his. 
That's his lady for sure. Gorgeous. Anyway, it question. Is, I, I, I was able to pull that up. It is his uh, girlfriend and she's looking hot. The lady in red, the chick off the Kellogg's. Nice. <sighs> Serious packet. Yeah, his like question, that. special cat's the one. Um, his question is, can we get some older crew on the potty? Nat Young, Bob McTavish, Terry Fitz, Shane Haran. Some of our elders, you just know they are good for a yarn, mate. Fuck, I'll tell you, Shane Haran is the very first guest we get on the potty as soon as I return from my sabbatical. Mm. Um, Smitty's on the road, so uh, a couple of weeks away, but we've got some uh, mm. episodes in the back pocket to keep on dropping. But, yeah, Shane Haran, uh, we've got an Albie Fowles on lined up. Yes. Jack McCoy. Jack but McCoy. I think I think it'll be – I think we've got a couple of real specials coming up, Smith. Mm. Um, I, I, Albie's going to be incredible, but um, we've got to get Druin on, don't we? Oh. Got to. Druin or Westerly Windino? No, it's Druin. It's back to Druin. It's Druin, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, stitched back on. Mm, oh, really? Whereabouts? Off. Off the hip? You tell me. Off the tailbone? Haven't seen him for a while, but mm. yeah. Off the forehead, perhaps? Could be good. Interesting. True. True. Enigma. Great question. Great question. I've got one here from Paul Stanton, who has as his profile picture a menacing-looking uh, great white, and he wants to know very simply why. That's the question? Yeah, why? Well, why not? Ooh, yep. my there you go. That's the answer. 42. <laughs> uh, I've got one here, Smibby, from Barreled Surf Podcast. Uh, they're doing an awesome job over there, uh, sort of, you know, representing the core surf scene. In WA, I've listened to a, a few eps, Bromley and Adzi and the boys uh, doing a, a great stuff in the man shed out the back. And uh, have a listen if you get a chance. Had some uh, really good good guests on there and uh, lots of fun. He says, have you guys seen Chip Hose Wilcox's new vid? He goes, man, in the desert. Mm. Yeah, we've seen it, mate. Yep. We've seen it. Touched we on it a couple it. of times. A cone off of epic proportions. We're a true it, festival of the Mondo cone. It is. Mm. Fantastic stuff. Who you got, Smith? Getting to the tail end here. When are the live shows kicking off again? Andy Beswick wants to know. Uh, looking at a start date tentatively, what was it? Uh when the tour kind of ends gonna, up out here. So I think we're going to kick off January, February. Tour's not out here till April. Okay. So I think we're going to kick off at the tail end of summer. And then we're going to – there'll be an announcement soon, actually, because we're, we're just uh, in – we're actually in the process of booking shows. If you want us to come to your town, get on the DM and let us know why we should come there because uh, we will. Uh, we're not adverse to getting right out of the way. If you live in the uh, – you know, what, what, give us the town. Like, a, what, Tarthra? Should we go down there? Or oh, we... that'd be great. I'd love to go to Tarthra. Lawn? Uh, what about mm. even further, uh, Akimbo? Sale? Sale? Never heard of the joint. Sounds yeah. great. what about... Uh, and we're definitely heading west. And if the border's open to SA, we'll, we'll come down there as well. Mm. So, yeah, let us know on the DM. Get in touch with us. We, we, we want to come visit you. The Swellians, we want to see you face to face. Joey Parko, Smith. He's, uh, I don't know if he's a relation to Snorky Parko. Uh, his account is private, so I, I suspect he's up to all sorts of seedy nonsense on there. Could Smithy Jag a wave off herring out DY Point? Can I answer this one first? Easily. I don't think he's surfed out there in at least 15 years. Mm, but I'd have to snag one off a 
horde of uh, gesticulating Brazilians, mm. which would be quite difficult. Uh, and there's also the local call lords. When, when was the last time you surfed, eh, White Point? Uh, oh, I guess it was when I was living in Chroma. I mean, it's a pretty odd, fickle beast. It's a very specially kind of northern beaches slab. It's a strange wave. I love how it gets that weird sidewinding wedge off that top bit and you can kind of take off on a 45-degree angle and roll into this bizarre, probably chandeliering closeout mm. slab. It's a pretty sick wave. It's a pretty sick wave. Yeah. Yeah. It's very novel. I love it. It's, a, it's apparently the, the wave that killed uh, MP's career. Why that? Yeah, well, uh, he was surfing out there and he saw Simon Anderson walk out onto the edge of the rocks with the thruster. And mm. he was just like, fuck this. And he, he went he went cold on surfing. Wow. That was it. He, he, I think he, he knew the future had arrived and uh, he was just so competitive he'd rather not surf than, than lose. Mm. Um, what do you think? Why, why of course, DY he... like fraternity, fuck it. Jesus had some stars come out of there. Crawford's, mm. Peter mm. Crawford, a, a DY lad, Justin Crawford uh, in his steps. Toby Martin. Yeah, the murderer. The murderer. Still see him out Hedgie there. He was originally D.Y., wasn't he? Uh, briefly, yeah. I think he did still um, And then uh, I'm just trying to think. Oh, the Herring Brothers, of course. Mm. Shout out to the Salakis Brothers down there too. Yeah, all the Longy boys. But, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's just, just See him out the there beach. at the point in uh, that southern end. Yeah. Uh, but I, my first surf in Sydney when I, I got the job at Tracks, uh, Gary Dunn. Used to live on the point at uh, at DY there, and he was the editor of Tracks at the time. And I went paddled out, and I couldn't believe it. Brad Gerlach, the girl was out there, mate, and he was it was just a sight, you know. Like back in those days when it was only surf mags, and you never really got to see surfing on TV, and you'd only see him in movies. Watching a pro surfer like with that much flair come off the bottom and just park it on that fucking ledge was just so epic. Burnt into my brain. Yeah, it's Burnt a real eighties nineties slab because it does have that roll in and that. Uh, you know, that chance to kind of snap it under the lip on that wee little bubbling section. It's such an odd wave. So many holes in the reef there. It's a very, very unconventional reef slab point scenario. Sick wave. Though. Sick wave and full props to the DY crew. Mm. Um, contributing such a, a lot. core epic. I fucking love DY. I've got a special place in my heart mm. for DY. I was born in a fucking house overlooking the joint. And also uh, just like it's a real kind of, Working class battler stronghold on the you know typically affluent northern beaches, and uh, it's got every man and his dog there. There's you know a lot of Greeks and Italians up there on the hill, a lot of Tongans, a lot of Vietnamese, Chinese, a lot of Brazilians. Uh, it's the whole soup of humanity packed into that little zone. Sick joint, loved it. Fucking oath, mate. I've I've always had a a, a a nice respect for DY, the people who have come out of there. Sean Doherty lived there for a long time as well, back mm. uh, on his uh, editing tracks days. And it's just, a, it's a good breed. It's a, such a melting pot. It's just, it's, it's a lot of people crammed into a small space too. Mm. There's so many units in that one, mm. you know, beach block on the, on the, uh, the beach side of the, of yeah. the highway. But they got it right. It's not high rises, it. you know, it's like that kind of classic low density, uh, urban, yeah. Coastal landscape. I, I dig it. All the houses up there on the hill at Narawena and Chroma. Classic zone. Epic. All right. A uh, couple more, Smith, and then we'll call it, mate, because uh, the day's getting long. It's been fun, hasn't it? Just dedicating a whole mm. end to the questions. It's Not nice to just sort of swellions. sit in and just uh, marinate with the swellions. Yo! Okay. Um, let's have a look here. 
We've got one here. Oh. <laughs> Dude, Dad, seventy-seven, uh, uh, a serial commenter on the uh, the swelling and Instagram on your duty. He said, "Please get some of his flatmate to dose him up on the mushroom pasta again before the next recording." Oh. <laughs> one Jeez, of the great swelling stitch ups. That was an iconic stitch up. Uh, double dose of the spirit molecule, two tabs mixed into my pasta. You can uh, see the forty-minute. 3 a.m. waffle on our Instagram page. It was a wild night. You know what was crazy about that night was, uh, so I think the story went like this. I got given a, an LSD surfboard a couple of uh, couple of weeks earlier and uh, just for free off a mate. And, um, you know, it was kind of staring me in the face. I, I, I surfed Snapper that day on it and this insane storm, the craziest lightning, thundercloud, weather event just appeared on the horizon and just absolutely pissed and shat all over the coastline. And so I'm driving home that night and, um, yeah, it's kind of like this electric atmosphere and I'm, I've got the LSD surfboard uh, and that night obviously I ate the two tabs of acid by accident and just fucking you know, I'm watching Stab in the Dark uh, when it kicks in. I'm like, you know, feeling it going, whoa, yeah, like, fuck these groovy tunes. I'm enjoying this. And, uh, you know, the next minute I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, I've slipped into psychosis here. What's going on? I've got schizophrenia because I didn't know I'd eaten the – Fuck, so, that's uh, so hectic, mate. The LSD. woke my flatmate up. Obviously, uh, we figured it out after a while. But um, the craziest thing about all that was, I guess – in the throes of the LSD trip, I, I, I realized like, you know, I'm not going to be able to sleep all night. And the next morning was forecasted to be like cooking, like one of them howling offshore days. Mm. Uh, I think it was in August or something. And I watched, I went to sleep watching Greeno's uh, Echo. Yep. Echoes, uh, the Pink Floyd collaboration, which mm. is kind of what I watch every acid trip at the tail end of it. It's just the <laughs> most iconic film. I think that in my opinion is the, creme de la creme of art that humanity mm. has ever produced. Mm. It's the, the meeting of two enigmatic geniuses in Pink Floyd, Sid Barrett and Greeno and just state of the art, like, you know, art for art's sake. Yeah. It's just fucked up. And I just had the bright idea to, to stay up and, and drive at 4.30 in the morning straight back up to Snapper or Broken Head and just start sampling Sid Vision Cones. And how'd you go? Well... I ended up meditating on it, thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to let something else decide. Like, mm. I don't really know if this is a good idea. I'm fucking just sitting, like, out of my mind, getting in the panel and ripping up the highway. Might not have been a great idea. Um, and I ended up passing out whilst meditating. And then I woke up and it was like a thousand knots offshore and two foot, you know. Yeah. So, made yeah. the right call. Uh, a week later, snapped that LSD surfboard in front of some cliffs there in that Ballina region, nearly died. So just a, a bad trip all around. I wow. mean, it was just a, the whole thing had all this cosmic resonance and synchronicity, this LSD surfboard given to me by chance, um, ridden in a few different kinds of conditions before eventually breaking in mm. half in front of rocks. You know, it was just a, a – the LSD was given to me and then it turned out to be a bad trip. Yeah, wow. Wow. What a journey, man. Can't remember the last time I lost it without knowing that I was losing it. That's a scary feeling. It's such a crazy feeling. And that panic, yeah. that kind of fight and flight mode, I then had to work through the cortisol that was shot through my central nervous system in the space of that hour or two hours. I had to work through that over the oncoming four hours. And I'll never forget the incredible emotional sensitivity I had and the, mm. the 
being able to kind of, I had to just sit there with this agony that was in my gut and heart from the, that fight and flight mode. Oh, that's such a fucking sick feeling. And just when I closed my eyes, it was like I had this huge volume dial, uh, which was basically an emotional spectrum. Mm. And uh, it was like if I thought a certain thought, I could feel the the pain ratchet up to like, you know, five times. I was like, and then if I was like, oh, no, I think a more positive thought and the dial would turn down to a, a more pleasant sensation in the body. It really Ooh. gave me an idea of how much thoughts Jesus. affect your internal state. It was I think, a full uh, on experience. I think, wow. oh, my dude, dad wow. needs to fucking hit the brakes on us. <laughs> Drugging up Smivy when he's not uh, not emotionally prepared for it. Oh man, I was just about to nod off. It was full on. Ah. Last one, Smith. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, go for it. All right. Well, this is from uh, Jack Bub, and uh, there's a lot of questions here. It counts private. I'm spewing because uh, I think there's a shot of him in the nude as his icon. But Jack, uh, thanks for your question. Anyone whose questions we didn't get around to, well, we're going to try and make this a regular thing. I think Smithy will try and get uh, these these swelling and episodes out a little more often, mate. Uh, and and hopefully talk back. That's that's the goal. Get uh, get people on the phone and, and get into your stories a little bit. We'll figure out a way to do that. He wants to know: Can the Wuzzle, with its lesions of quasi-core advertising mannequins and well-meaning vowels, have a fucking crack and use its parasitic consumption? and homogenization of the unique factions of our subculture to guide mainstream surfing back to its roots. For example, mandating competitive gear compliant with ethical and sustainable manufacturing methods along the lines of rulings seen in the F1 racing. As an earthy pursuit, surfing must at some point shake its reliance on fossil fuel-derived products in order to survive. Mm. So he's saying, clearly, when is the wuzzle going to take up the fucking march towards sustainable surfing products. Mm. When is it, is it on them or is it on us? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, you know, the investment banking elite will tell you that the market ultimately decides. So if the consumers, you know, boycott and strike and choose to spend their money elsewhere and switch off and tune in and drop out and drop in on a couple mm. of fucking Wazzle competitors during the contest, whilst wearing Hessian sacks as wetsuits and riding pieces of wood carved yeah, into the shape of a surfboard, then I guess uh, at that point, maybe the Wazzle will take a good hard look at itself and mm. change its ways. I mean, alternatively, we could kind of mount some campaign to have the, uh, you know, the original lettuce farmer Shane Haran installed as the <laughs> spiritual advisor slash CEO replacing Eric the Eel. <laughs> and I think that would... Uh, Fuck the two would look good if Shane Haran was the uh, CEO, it? wouldn't oh, it? I can only dream. It'd almost be short. Like, I mean, I don't know where she, he's got surf schools. He's got a whole, you know, a, a new chapter of his life going on up there. But I'm sure there'd be some part of him that'd definitely have the the tray of mushroom chocolates before you surf your heats mm. and make sure that you sit in the pyramid when you come in to just shake off any negative vibes from a loss, mm. all that sort of thing. Competitors are, you? you know, forming a circle and meditating together before yeah. surfing their heats. Big group oms with mm. any crowds on the beach. Mm. You know, the beach commentators like, okay, three, two, one, everybody together. Om. I'd love to hear a, you know, a heat started that way. <laughs> That's the new hooter. Yeah. That's the new hooters. Group OMS. The OMS. Been fun, Smith.
Good on you, Vaughn. See you soon, mate. Have a good trip down south. Thank you. Will do. Bye, mate. Her mat. Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me. You kidding me? Kidding me? Are you kidding me? Kidding me? Kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You fucking kidding me? Are 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 you fucking kidding me? You're not fucking kidding me. Are you fucking kidding me?